Welcome back, everyone. This is 50% Cancer with Chloe, and welcome to 2021 and to Season 2. If you're new here, in the first season of 50% Cancer, we covered a range of topics like scar health, advocacy, guilt, and how to speak to friends and family. For our first episode of the new year and season, I wanted to take the time to do a Q&A using questions submitted on the Thigh Can Survivors Instagram. In case any of you are confused, Thigh Can Survivors is the thyroid cancer community I created and manage. In the future, my goal is to take feedback and ideas directly from at 50% Cancer on Instagram. But my Thigh Can Survivor audience is large and has lots to share. I hope you like this more relaxed Q&A style, and it allows us to cover a lot more topics in one episode. I hope you like this more relaxed Q&A style as we jump from topic to topic because it allows us to cover a lot more in just one episode. Carolina, Liz, Maria Elena, and Lorna asked about how their cancer developed and causes, as well as why it's becoming more common in young people. Many medical professionals have been attributing the rise in thyroid cancer in young people to the better access to healthcare and increased use of ultrasounds and other methods to find it early. In some places around the world, there isn't a clear cause for the increase, but I do believe it's mostly due to just being more informed and doctors being able to find it easier. As far as causes of thyroid cancer, there are a few we know about, but most causes are still unknown. According to the American Cancer Society, thyroid cancers occur three times more often in women than men. This is also true of almost all thyroid disease as well, but they don't know why. Some thyroid cancers can be genetically passed down, but most have no family history connection. Some diseases lead to a greater risk of thyroid cancers, like Cowden disease. Radiation exposure, especially as a child, is a proven risk factor for thyroid cancer. These types of radiation exposures are ones from certain medical treatments or radiation fallout. The last major risk factor is iodine, either too much or too little. In the United States, however, this usually isn't a problem because iodine is in things like table salt and other foods that we eat. Allah asked, how long can I live after thyroidectomy? Depending on the type of cancer, you should be able to live just the same as our friends who have their thyroids. This is part of the paradox of thyroid cancer, though. Because most types, but not all, are easy to treat and survivable, it can get dubbed the good cancer. The more aggressive types of thyroid cancer and the more rare subtypes, however, can be deadly. If you search for the specific type of thyroid cancer and survival rates, you'll be able to find detailed information for your type of thyroid cancer. But yes, losing your thyroid is just fine as long as you are taking your replacement thyroid hormone each day. It is a necessary organ, so you do need to be taking your medication as prescribed by your doctor at the same time every day. Nadia and Nandini asked about being cancer-free. I wish this was a quick and easy answer. Some people might never hear that they are cancer-free from thyroid cancer, or NED, no evidence of disease. To be honest, it's not clear on what this means, and each doctor or clinic might have different criteria for it. Personally, I have still not heard the words, and that's okay with me. I still celebrate my thyroidectomy date each year as my cancerversary and reflect on my journey. I usually get a cake and kind of celebrate another year in this journey. Some of you asked, why did it come back? What did I do? To be honest, 
you probably didn't do anything. Unless you decided to just quit taking your replacement thyroid hormone for months and months, it wasn't up to you. More than likely, a few thyroid cells were left behind after surgery. This is a reason that radioactive iodine is suggested often after your surgery, to zap any thyroid cells that are left behind. It's not yet clear if there's anything you can do to decrease your risk of thyroid cancer coming back. You can find peace in knowing you can live your life, and if it comes back, it comes back. But I understand that that's also terrifying, and for a lot of people, control is really important. Bella asked about never being cancer-free, but how to be okay with it. I think the answer lies in changing your mindset and your focus from being terrified or focused about not being cancer-free and changing that to how you can best live your life and keep moving forward, which is easier said than done, I know. And like I said before, it's okay if you have weak moments where it just hits you like a wall and you need to be upset and cry or mad or angry, whatever. That's okay. That's normal. I would be more worried if you never had those moments. I really think it's just about balancing all of that and all of those emotions and feelings with the life that you are living and all the things that are going on in your life, whether that's school or work or your family or whatever. You have so much more to focus on and you have so much more to do in your life besides just worrying about being cancer-free or not. Joan asked if others also have bad days even after years of not having a thyroid. And oh my gosh, yes, of course, fluctuations in your hormones can happen kind of at any time, it seems, which is annoying, but it is what it is, and we roll with the punches. And of course, there are bad days. I mean, I know that I can get really tired here or there and have some of those side effects, and that's when I kind of know to think about getting my blood work done or when the last time I did it was and talking to my doctor to see if there's anything we can do about it or if it's something not even thyroid-related and if we can do anything about it. And yeah, there are also days where it hits me that I've had cancer. Like, even just thinking about that can be overwhelming. Or if I'm going through a recurrence like I did a few years ago, that can be really upsetting, obviously. And for me, I need to just take the time to feel my feels and cry until my eyes are swollen and do all of that almost grieving for the life that I wish I had or the experiences that I wish I didn't have. Kind of related to this, a few of you asked about how to stop fearing death or things like that, and I think that I want to make a whole episode on that because death is a very challenging topic for me to talk about, and I've always been a person who is just terrified to die. Uh, I remember when I had my second surgery... I don't know why, but I just had it in my head that I was going to die during it and I was going to bleed out or whatever and that my whole life was just going to be over before I even did anything yet. And obviously, I made it through, but it can be really hard to not think about death sometimes. And especially with me the last year having lost my dad and then our family dog, it's been pretty easy for me to kind of get down that rabbit hole of thinking about what death is and all of that stuff, which is a whole other can of worms about religion and beliefs. And again, I think it's just kind of about focusing on living your life and not ignoring those feelings. I'm always a big proponent, and you'll hear me say again and again, to feel your feels and feel your feelings because you can't just ignore them and push them down forever until they just come out of you erupting. One of the people that asked about death said that they have two little boys who need them. And I don't have children of my own yet, but I can totally understand feeling like people need you and that you need to be there, and you will be. 
I have no doubts that you're a great mom and that you will be around for so long and get to watch them grow up and teach them all about the world and how to be good humans. So try your best to change your energy from negatively fearing death to positively embracing life and how you can be a positive influence for those around you and especially your family because it sounds like they are really important to you. A lot of you asked about radiation and low iodine diets, so I will make a podcast episode this season entirely dedicated to that. There's a lot to talk about regarding radiation treatments and radioactive iodine and the low iodine diet, so I definitely need time to prepare all of that and get it all together for you guys so that it's helpful. I think that'll be all of our questions for today. I have so many more left, so thank you guys who answered for giving me a lot of great topics and ideas to work with for this podcast, but also for Thycan survivors to cover and talk about. Just a reminder to follow us on Instagram at 50%cancer, 50 spelled out, F-I-F-T-Y. We also have a Facebook page, and of course, the Thycan Survivors Instagram is at Thycan underscore survivors thatcanceforevers.org, and also there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group for that. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be back. We just hit over a thousand downloads right as the new year kind of rolled in, so I'm really happy to be here again and talking to all of you and hopefully helping you feel more supported and loved by your thyroid cancer community. Next episode, we'll talk about survivorship plans and aftercare for cancer. Bye!